This is ISN Now with Will Charlton and Noah Cowell. So, you know, you win back-to-back games against uh, Minnesota and Indiana. You're sitting at 5-5, five and five, right? Surely you'll at least win one of the final two games, right? Ha, ah, no. Nope. Gutter ball. You're not going bowling. You lose the final two games by a combined four points. You let it up, you let it up at Iowa. Have a fourth quarter lead, 13-9. Iowa wins 15-9. Iowa wins 15-13. And then uh, you lose the hat to the team up in Evanston. They come down and spoil your senior day. They score 45 points. Okay, Northwestern scores 45 points against Illinois and spoils Illinois' season by a score of 45 to 43. And just like that, after last season having the most momentum in your program that you've seen in a long, long time. Right back to where you started. You miss a bowl. Yep. Five and seven once again. What did you say? I did. What did you say the the floor was coming into this season? I said six and six. That's what I, I genuinely said. The floor I was thought six I and remembered six. you saying that, and I you at said the, time, the floor was five and seven at the time. Yeah, which the fo- floor actually was. It turns out it was one in one in eleven. But I think I think it was like well, yeah. I guess Florida Atlantic was genuinely the only win that was guaranteed on the schedule. And it was still wasn't. only six point win. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. No, the Illini finally looked like they could salvage something from this season. Yeah. And you are four minutes away last week mm-hmm. uh, from a road win against 18th-ranked Iowa. Biggest win of the season would have been. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're ball eligible. Yeah. You certainly aren't thinking you blow that and then allow 45 points to Northwestern. Their season high, by the way. Shocking that Illinois yeah. defense once Go again. Figure. They let up season highs to Northwestern Indiana. Yeah. Which Indiana didn't even Tom score that much Allen, on Purdue. Tom Allen was fired today. About time. I don't know what they were keeping him for. $15.5 million buyout. They paid that dude way too much from the, from the get-go just because he had one good year with Michael Penix. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, we got a little sidetracked there. But the Illini completely blew any chance that they had to salvage that season, and a lot of it could be pointed to the defense. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of you know costly mistakes. Let's look at uh, yesterday's game. Let's look at the uh, tipped pass in the fourth quarter. Let's look at the first interception that they had that led to a I don't even think that was touchdown. John Paddock's fault. I mean, Hank Beatty dropped it. Yeah. I don't think that either was necessarily his fault. I think he was just trying to fit I think it. the second one was more so his fault than the first one because that ball was a little bit they, out of the reach. They still weren't really of, awful wanna, mistakes. Right. It was just he was trying to fit it in, and um, neither pass. Uh, they both ended up in interceptions, and yep. really what changed the game was Illinois had the lead, 35-31. What happens? Isaiah Williams muffs a punt. 31-28. Because then Northwestern scored two touchdowns to get to 42. Yeah, And there right. was 42-31. Yeah. My, my mistake. So they, they took the lead. Noah Cowell, everyone. Okay. I'm sorry that I was driving back to school the entire time that that game was happening. Um, but anyway, yes, they score back-to-back touchdowns because I, Isaiah Williams muffs a punt. And then the unthinkable. Wilcher, Kamari Wilcher, um, fumbles the kickoff. Fumbles the kickoff and goes right into the hands of Northwestern, and they score. Yeah. Garner Johnson for Northwestern just walked it right in. 14 points in a matter of seconds. I I, I was like stu- – so I was doing a little solo radio call of the game yesterday for my own tape, and I was just stunned standing on the fifth floor watching what just happened. I mean, it was it was just – Right when that fumble happened, I was like, 
Illinois had the lead literally a minute ago. When they get the ball back and you're thinking with how well the offense is playing, they're probably right. going to go down and go up two scores. Yeah, and a- after that three and out that Northwestern had down three, the defense got that stop. Isaiah Williams muffed that punt, what you were saying, and Northwestern is at the Illinois 18 just like that. Four plays later, Ben Bryan just decides to, oh, I'll just do it myself. He just goes right up the middle. No one watching him, and it's a, I think it was a 10-yard rush for a touchdown. Yeah, but it was a, yeah scramble right up the middle yeah. because they're playing man coverage exactly. You know, it was Aaron Henry. Um, um okay, I'm, I'm going to say this right now, Aaron. Henry, it didn't work. The Henry experiment did not work. I don't care how young your defense is; his schemes just were never there this season. Well, I'm and, sorry. And you can always say like, like "Oh, you know, the secondary yeah. is the problem. He's no, the DB's coach. He literally He's in charge is. of the secondary." If anything, the secondary should have been one of the more productive units in the Big Ten this season because of the fact he is the secondary coach. You, th- you would have think they would have figured something out by, let alone mid-season, right? You would have think they would have figured something out. Well, that's what we talked about in the podcast when Alec Gilmore was on a, a couple months ago. And was, yeah, they were that, they were seeing some early progress of being good. Yeah, because what happened? they there are some parallels with with what Ryan Walters' defense was two years ago. Exactly. The difference is that he completely transformed that defense throughout that year. Walters did, yeah. and this and one got worse. Aaron Henry made it way worse. Yeah. and I think that personally, in my opinion. Given what he was given, Henry, I, I'm I'm usually the one that will argue you give a guy more than a year to adjust. But I don't think that he could have possibly done worse with I what agree. he was given I'm, I this year. I'm 100% on board with you. And he's like, The defensive line wasn't even that good this year. No, it wasn't. And that's that's not as much really on on him. I mean, maybe you adjust based, Still falls based on, on your yeah based on your schemes. Um, but also, like... I know that Aaron Henry is well-liked throughout the team and by recruits. And so it's tough to say that, oh, we should get rid of him. I think you push him back out of defensive coordinator role and into, like, a a specific position like he had before. The thing is, would he be okay with that? I I don't don't know. And the thing is, I don't also think that Bielema's going to do that. Bielema's not going to do that because he said said in the the press conference yesterday, basically implying that he's going to be on for another year. I don't think yeah, that Bielema should keep either Lunny or Henry going into this offseason. A lot of people are saying Lunny made improvements. But I still, I mean, yeah, he made improvements from being awful. He's still not right. good in, yeah. from what we've seen. I mean, the problem is, is that you had some really big games, right? Indiana, Northwestern later in the season. Mm-hmm. You know, that showed his ability to make better play calls. But when it comes to playing a defense that's not completely awful... Yeah, like I was. And I was quite the opposite, of course. But the second you get the lead there, everything becomes stagnant. And that's just happened too much in his two-year tenure as offensive coordinator. And I don't know, maybe because of how loyal Bielema is to his guys, maybe that was enough the past few games to keep him his job. And maybe he wasn't going to get rid of him anyway. I don't know. He he does have way too much loyalty, yeah. it seems, in his coordinators. I, I'm fully with you. I want to digress for a second, but how much you want to bet the only touchdown Iowa scores next week is a defensive touchdown? I don't see them scoring a touchdown, but if it were to be, <laughs> it would either be like a first drive touchdown or a defensive touchdown yeah. if they do get one. Yeah. I don't for like their sure. chances. I don't either. They got shut up by Penn State and Michigan beat pretty easily. So, anyways. um, But, yeah. uh, So... When you talk about this Northwestern, first off, I, I really want to salute John Paddock. I mean, once again, he did have a phenomenal game, 334 passing yards and and three interceptions, or three touchdowns, two interceptions, but the two interceptions, not necessarily his fault. 
but I, I do want to commend him for what he did in the final four games of the season. I mean, he came in against Minnesota, got that win on that miraculous drive. He sets the Memorial Stadium passing single-game passing record against Indiana and four touchdowns. He nearly leads Illinois to Iowa City and picks up a big win. And then he tries to go out on senior day in the best possible way he can, but his guys cannot back him up. And uh, But in general, I mean, even though Illinois is not going to a bowl game, I, I do want to give a big hand to what John Paddock did this season. I, it was improbable. I mean, I'm going to go back to the Minnesota game real fast that when he came in on that fourth and, was it 14, fourth and 11? Fourth and 11. Yeah, fourth and 11. I was like, oh, well, we lost. And then what does he do? Three plays later, he throw, he has Isaiah Williams in the end zone. So just big hand to John Paddock. Yeah, and I mean, in, I'm, I'm trying to get you to do the clapping sound oh, effect. Sorry, I was getting ready to say something else, but here we go. You can say it one more time. Big hand to John Paddock for the final four games of the season. Thank you for your contributions to the finest football program in all of America. Just kidding. No, it's not. <laughs> not even close. That's a good one there, Will. Thanks. Hold on. Well, you got it. There you go. Yep. There we go. We really don't use these enough for me to get used to it. But anyway, no. um, I will add on to that. Um, with three games and just a little bit of change, that final minute against Minnesota, yeah. John Paddock threw for, what, like uh, 1,100 yards? Had to have, yeah. He did. Because he threw for 500 um, in the one game, threw yeah. for 85, and then threw for over 500 combined in the last two games. Yeah. I mean, these are numbers that Illinois quarterbacks never have. No. Um, and so, yes, he made a, you know, a few mistakes um, here and there. And Iowa's a really good defense. He had a lot of balls that were batted down. It's really tough to play well. Who knows what would have happened if Altmaier was in that game. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. But you you stay with, you know, Paddock, and you did enough offensively to win that game yesterday. It's just the defense fell apart. And you have a pick six there, and yeah, immediately literally. after that. Two interceptions. Immediately after that, you let them go down yeah. so easily and get 14 straight points after that. It was just a— uh, It really felt like when that pick six happened, it was like, okay, I think Illinois is going to find a way to win this game by like two or three scores now. But, yeah, then all of a sudden— I won't. The defensive backs were getting torched by Bryce Kurtz and Cam Johnson on Northwestern yesterday. It was actually absurd how bad, like guys like Zach Toby, Tyler Strain, and Xavier Scott, or yeah, I guess I guess it was just Zach Toby and uh, Tyler Strain. But those two, even though Tyler Strain had the second interception, yeah, those two were just getting schooled by Bryce Kurtz and Cam Johnson. And it was just like outside of the the. That interception and then the one that was uh, Miles Scott, which was a horrible decision, throwing yeah, the ball. I don't know where, that really I don't wasn't, know where Brian was That really to throw wasn't that. on the defense. Like, no. that wasn't just a good play made no. defensively. Yeah. It was given to them. Yeah, and if you don't catch that, then it's like, how do you drop that? I mean, that was quite literally the definition of a ball given to the defense, like you said. So Yeah. Um, outside of that, I, it, was just, it was just embarrassing. Um, I know that Northwestern has been a lot better this year. There's no discounting that. Yeah, Se I mean, seven, six, six win improvement six win after what's insane. I was saying, like, six win improvement after all they went through. I, I got to say, that's all you can do is just tip your hat to that. And they got the hat. So there you go. Yeah. And yeah, tip your hat to them. But Illinois. It's, it's still embarrassing that that's the way this team goes out. Yeah. Back to back losses and, you know, allowing that many points to yeah. your rival um, after dominating them back to back years. 
Yeah. In a game that you need to win, you need to make a bowl after everything yeah. that happened last year. Yeah. So, you know, where do you go from here? That's a great question because more you're already you're losing Keith Randolph and Johnny Newton, that's for sure. Isaiah Williams more like a gone. Keith, Casey Washington gone. John, Which, obviously you don't have John Pack, it's Luke Altmyer's team yeah. now. By the way, we'll give another uh, applause to Casey Washington. Casey Washington. On a, if a that career was his, day. If that was his last college football game, that he went out on the best possible note that he could have. I mean, unbelievable. 218 yards and three touchdowns. Three. And he had that 80-yard bomb. Uh, the, not the bomb. It was a it was a passing. It was a passing. Down catch, the middle but, of the field. Yeah. yeah. And he scampered. After catching the ball like the Illinois 45, he goes all the way into the end, north, northwestern end zone, an 80-yard passing catch. And, <laughs> like, if, if that's how he goes out, that's that's awesome. Um, but, man, I, I just I can't help but feel for Isaiah Williams. If that was his last game he played in Illinois uniform, what a, how sad. I mean, he, he had a handful of drops that he should have had. He muffs that punt. Only has 57 yards receiving. I really can't help but feel for the guy. He had a passing touchdown. He did, which <laughs> I didn't even actually see. I just found that out. Yeah. Um, it was but, a trick play between him and uh, Pat Bryant. Yeah, which, you know, I thought they should have used him more as a QB. I agree. Trick plays I agree. Because he played literally quarterback then in again, high any, school. Anyone could have made the throw that he made to Pat Bryant. I mean, there was literally no one around Pat Bryant. Yeah. Well, you know, you'd be surprised. But uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> Luke Altmaier. <laughs> That's that's a little bit of what I was referring to. Um, <laughs> he would have overthrown him. <laughs> maybe. Um, but anyway, there's no reason Altmaier should be gone. Um, Bielema made it pretty clear this is oh, his yeah. team yeah. Um, after this year. It, you just had to ride the wave with Paddock, and I'm still glad they did. Um, I'm not sure that Altmaier comes in and gets you 42 points. So, Probably not. Gets over 40 points twice at that. Yeah. By the way, that one play uh, by Paddock to points uh, Casey Washington uh, when he got like was a 73-yard awesome. catch. That was he awesome. communicated him during the play to do a little sluggo route yeah. uh, outside of the slant. It completely improvised, and that was just incredible uh, showing his abilities. Paddock will gave us some memories we'll never forget in a very For sure. forgetful season, forgettable season. There you go. <laughs> Happens yeah. to the best of us, but yeah, I mean— I think if there's anything that you can take away from the season that's on a positive note, one, John Paddock, two, the emergence of what Isaiah Williams was. I mean, he finished with over 1,000 yards receiving. He's only the seventh receiver in Illinois history to do so. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Casey Washington ends up with four receiving touchdowns in the same season, even though three came in Saturday's game. (laughs) Um, But where do you go from here? That is the million-dollar question, like you were asking. It's just... I don't know. I really don't know because with Oregon, USC, UCLA, and Washington coming to the Big Ten next year, no more Big Ten West. I, I don't. I don't know. I just. I think you should be just shooting to make a bowl game. I. I mean, I agree because I actually looked at the schedule earlier, and you know, the four new teams are coming over. Really, if anything, it's worse. Um, like the biggest part that will change isn't playing those teams. You only play one per year. It's exactly. the fact that you aren't playing just Big Ten West teams anymore. Exactly. You have Which to play. Still went one in five you, in yeah. the Big Ten West. You have this to year. play um, Rutgers, Michigan State, uh, Michigan, Penn State, all those teams. Yeah. Um, and then you play Kansas again. You also which, play guess at what? Oregon. Jaden uh, Daniels. Or, yeah. 
Jalen Daniels. Jalen Daniels. I always get those mixed up. Yeah, Jalen Daniels is on a Heisman campaign, but Jalen Daniels is is coming back for Kansas. So that's another tough game. You're playing four or five of those games that are going to be really hard to win. Mm -hmm. And then the others that, you know, you look at probably should be wins. Well, the first game is going to be Eastern Illinois next year, I found out. At least that's what I I, I saw. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Eastern Illinois, Central Michigan, those are two yeah. games you should win. Games you should win is, is something we used a lot this year, but guess what? You were 1-5 in, in the worst yeah. division in, in college, football. college football. Just yeah. let that sink in. Or at I least mean, that's, five, that is that, that's the, the main thing that you can take away from yeah. this season is you were 1-5 in, in the division that was by far the worst in Power 5, and mm-hmm. that's something that will hurt me for quite a while. 2-1 in Just thinking the about East. things that you could take from this season. Yeah. These are missed opportunities. And it really just could have been worse. But, I mean, you know, you you gave yourself chances to make this season salvageable, and yep. you did the exact opposite in the last few games. This is true. It hurts a lot for a, t- for a program that had momentum. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're coming off the best season in over a decade last year. And then you followed up with the second 5-7 and seven season under Brett Bielema. Yeah. And, you know, Bielema still has – Done. Bielema went did better in the Big Ten his first season. He went five. He went four and five in the in the Big Ten. Yeah, and, and now he finished three and six this you year. You know, it hurts when you have basically the worst defense in the Big Ten. So, yeah. and now this is where Bielema's going to get tested though this offseason, because Lovey's guys are gone now. There are going to be no more of Lovey's guys left. At least the yeah. most name worthy guys now. One hundred percent on yep. on him. It's now one hundred percent on Brett Bielema. How he can recruit, how he can develop those guys, mm-hmm. and and the recruiting class for next year is not very promising so far. No, I mean, who wants to go to Illinois when the it feels like the atmosphere is lacking? Yeah. You really uh, you don't have any football culture in Champaign. There are a handful of things that aren't in his control necessarily that he can kind of no, but but it's about making the most of of what you have, and that's why right. this year was so important. Yeah. I mean, if you would have followed up an eight and four season with like another like even like a seven and five season, you still do that. You're in a good, you're in a decent bowl game. You're playing another power five opponent, but no, nope. Six and eleven in your last seventeen games after starting seven and one last year. Uh huh. It hurts. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean. I guess we're just going to have to really keep an eye on what the recruiting class looks like coming into next year and see if there's anything to really be excited about. Yeah, it'll say a lot about Bielema, what he's able to do in the next year. It will. It really will, because if Illinois does not see much of improvements or, in fact, regresses, I don't think Brett Bielema's the... I'm not too I'm not too sure I'm fully sold on him right now. I don't know if he is actually the guy for the job, but if Illinois does not do good next year either, I'm talking like 4-8, and 5-7 and seven once again, get around that range... His seat will be a little warm. Uh, I don't. It might get a little warm during the season. It might be on the hot. It might be on the very hot seat. I come the end of it. I I don't know. I don't think that it's not right now. I don't. No, I don't think that Whitman even thinks about firing him until things are looking bad the next season. Right. And as of right now, I, I'm. I don't really know what there is to be excited about for next year. That's the thing. <laughs> the development, especially of- if Reggie Love doesn't come back either. Yeah, just about uh, Fagan and Altmaier and their chances to improve, and that's all. That's all I got right I'm now. I'm looking forward to seeing that, but also who's Altmaier throwing to next year? Kanari Wilcher, Malik Elzey. You need Isaiah Williams it's, back. If you don't have him, then yeah, there's really not much to be optimistic about, right? Yeah, and you know we're trying to be optimistic here and there, but 
this year gave you the reason to be the exact opposite. So, yeah, we'll just see how things move forward. It is now so almost solely basketball season. Yeah, and the Illini are coming off of a another win um, against Western Illinois. Yeah, yeah, Western Illinois on uh, was that on. Friday night. Friday night. Yep. Yeah. Black Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there, came back to campus to cover it for the Champagne Room. That's right. Illinois won by, I think the final score was 82 to, no, it was 88 to 56, I believe. Um, yeah, they won pretty comfortably. It was um, it was over 30 points. They, they tempoed past, <laughs> okay. past Western Illinois. Right. I, changed <laughs> it to, I changed it to glides past, okay? Okay. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, hey, Steven approved it too, so I, I can't, I, I don't know. But yeah, because I saw it and I was like, I don't know if that's a verb. No, it's not. It's not. I... <laughs> but anyway, the uh, the Illini took care of business as they should. Yeah. Um, they have a much tougher schedule um, coming up. But, you know, Terrence Shannon um, had 20-plus points. Hey, I I, I, want, I do want to point this out right now. I'll let you get back to it in a second. But yep. Derek Piper pointed out something on Twitter that they wanted Terrence Shannon to take the IO jump in three-point shooting from that, when he did from 2020 to 2021. So far, Terrence is doing that. Yeah, he shot six for eight the other night. Yeah. Only at nineteen points. Um, but actually, it was, was his eighty-four to fifty-two is the final score. It was his first first game in his Illini career where he did not make a single two-point basket. Yeah, it was an interesting game. But Brad Underwood was so pleased with how Dane Danger played, and I was too. I mean, Dane Danger was very, very good down low. Well, yeah, he just really he just showed energy and uh, poise. It just his presence was way better. Yeah. Uh, than it has been in the past games, which when you play a team like Marquette, it's hard to get him in. Yeah. When they play a s- spread out five guys or along the three point line, guys who are really athletic. Mm-hmm. But when you're playing these types of teams, Danger has no excuse. I mean, he needs to yeah. play the way he did, yeah, and it's great to see that. It is. And then Quincy Garrier, ten point fifteen rebound, double double. That kind of went without noticing, honestly. It was a very silent double-double. Yeah, don't forget four blocks as well. True, yeah. No, Quincy Gary was all over the yeah, place. Yeah, he was a big presence. Mm-hmm. Um, Goody with his uh, fourth straight game with at least three threes made, yeah. which was his first time. Uh, Put since. that as my sound smart. That's right. I saw yeah. that. I was I was yeah. very proud. Um, I like being shout out. But, yeah, I noticed. Um, shout when, out Noah for that one, for real. <laughs> that's right. I'm sounding smart over here. Um, but, yeah, Luke Goody. Uh, fourth straight game with three or, or more threes made. Uh, first time, first Alana to do that since Alfonso Plummer did it eight yeah. straight games in 2021. So it'd be great to see if he can keep doing that. Yeah, for a team that struggles so much three point shooting wise, um, if they you shot 40 percent in that game, yeah, if you can have a guy it's like much better than normal, like Terrence Shannon shoot six for eight from three, but then also have like if you have those two guys, he and Goody that you can rely on to make open shots. Yeah. It just changes the dynamic with your offense so much. And, you know, when Coleman Hawkins comes back, we'll see how they can adjust just because, you know, he changes the way the offense plays a lot. He spreads out the court more. He does. You get a lot more guys, more options. Yeah. So then you naturally shoot the ball more from three. So we'll, we'll we'll see, but, and Brad was saying that Coleman should be coming back very soon. He was, he was saying that he's making great progress, and actually Brad was saying that he was the one who has been ho- holding him out. He was saying that Coleman has wanted to be playing, but Brad's been saying, let's get you back to 100% first. Yeah, I mean, these games don't need Coleman yeah, Hawkins. They don't. They don't. You you need him against Rutgers. Yeah, Which you is do. the next game. It's, it's only because on of the fact that, like we were talking about, even though they beat Valparaiso in that game, you could just tell they needed Coleman Hawkins to just be on that floor. Because, I mean, I wasn't able to, like, see the full game against Valparaiso, but you could definitely tell that there was a defensive identity lacking without him. 
they figured out how to play without them in these past couple of games against uh, Western Illinois and Southern. But yeah, it, I mean, regard. I mean, we already said it, but regardless of how much we may not, it may not be pretty at times offensively for Coleman Hawkins. Uh, he is he has proven so far that he's really valuable to this team. He, he may is. not be consistent three-point shooting so far. You kind of need that from him, but he spreads the floor so well. He does. Um, he's constantly looking to get guys involved. And yes. then defensively, he's had a lot of big blocks. He just spaced, In general, he just spaces the Illini out a lot better. Yeah. Because so. you're able to have that stretch forward in your lineup who can shoot the three if he wants to, or he rarely, if he wants to, can score in the paint. That's right. Keyword rarely. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. It just so depends. I'm really liking what I'm seeing so far from Gary A. Ty Rogers had nine points too. He was he was very active in the in the paint as usual. Um, I'm not too sure about you, but I want to see a little bit more out of Damask, and I think that I, I think that'll come. Uh, I know that Brad was Brad was saying uh, in post game for Western Illinois that he he's been missing shots, but he made them against Marquette. I mean he'll he'll get going eventually. He'll get going. He trusts it. Let's trust that he'll get going because he doesn't in practice all the time. Um, he says he almost he he says he almost like shoots too much in practice, which is kind of crazy. But well, I mean, I I love to hear that. But yeah, it's I like the way Damask looked at the beginning of the game. I mean, he was getting involved yeah. in the pick and roll. He uh, was he was he was like getting position really well, and yeah. um, like the, he would do the the thing after going around the pick and roll where he would back up into the defender and then use that. To be able to get the layup, he did that a few times. Yeah, I I like that the look of that personally. Um, I think he needs to be a little more aggressive at times. I agree. Um, I would love to see him shooting the ball more in games like he does in practice. Me too. But he did shoot a few mid ranges in that game, and I do got to say, to have a guy who can consistently shoot the mid range like he was doing against Western Illinois, that's big. That's really big because you can have many pick and pop opportunities where. Maybe Damask comes off a screen, and then and then Coleman like goes back for a three or something like that, and you can have your choice, or you know, or there's just nice, uh, nice pick and roll options that if Damask is open off the screen, he can pop a jump shot or maybe find danger someone else down low. Yeah, which uh, what was so big for uh, Damask last year was that he was efficient. He I mean, was he, efficient. He shot almost forty five percent from the field, shot eighty eight percent from the free throw line. Right, and he's taken significant dips this year. Um, he went down to thirty six percent from the um, the field and then all the way down to 70% from free throw line. So I don't know what's going on there. Maybe it's just a different role and he just has yeah, to get adjusted. Yeah, I think he's still just Maybe. adjusting to it. I mean, they're only six games in. Yeah, but so. I mean, in these tougher games going forward, I mean, you have a lot of tough opponents. True. I mean, you got Rutgers, you have FAU, you have Tennessee. That's the next Missouri. three. Yeah. Not, I mean, Missouri's pretty bad this year, but you can never, well, we say that. never have a guaranteed win against them regardless no, of how can't. poor they are or how you poor can't. Illinois is. But you need an efficient Marcus Damask. You need a healthy you Coleman Hawkins. Uh, Terrence Shannon that isn't afraid to shoot the three. And Goody as well. I mean, all those factors you're going to need to get out of that yeah. with uh, at least a, three wins. I will say three this. Wins. If Luke Goody is able to like continue doing this three-plus, three-pointers a game kind of thing, it gives Illinois so much more opportunities for offense. I agree. And it's because they and Brad's been saying this. It's like get the ball to Luke. He, I mean, Brad literally called him in the post game the other night, one of the best three point shooters in the country. And I mean, the way he's been shooting it confidently, you can see that he knows he can hit it every time he shoots it. Yeah, he's like the second he gets the ball, um, you he, know, even on the fast break that one time yeah. he dribbled it down confidently. You know, not knocked, knocked it down. It, it knocked so, it down. Yeah. 
I I think it's it does add a completely different level to a team that has really not had an efficient three point shooter in the past few years. You have guys who are shooting it all the time. And Alfonso sh- Plummer and Trent Frazier are probably the two guys you go back to. Yeah, and because even Demonte Williams' senior year was not that good. No, it was the year before that that right. he really really took the nation by storm exactly. with his three point shooting. Exactly. But now you have uh, Goody. He doesn't doesn't shoot him a lot usually, but now you're basically you're seeing success and so you know he's gonna keep pulling the trigger and he's not really passing it up. He's not being uh, Nor should he, honestly. No, he's he's not shying away from it. You know, it, I, whenever he wa- has an open look, I want him shooting it. I agree. I'm with you. Because you're probably not going to get a better look throughout a possession from beyond the arc than you have either a Terrence Shannon or Luke Goody look. So yeah, I'm with you. If it's either one of those guys, let it fly. Yeah, I'm with you. But uh, Illinois does not play again until this upcoming Saturday where we'll take on Rutgers in Piscataway. So that'll be like, it'll be a first road test. And Brad Unwin was saying he knows how, he knows the RAC, the rack out in uh, Piscataway will always be rocking because that's a small little gym. It's not that big. I think their capacity is only like 12,000, if that. So, um, which I guess that's not entirely tiny. I mean, it's 3,000 less than State Farm Center, though. State Farm Center, I guess 3,000 is a pretty big difference, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But regardless of, you know, what Rutgers has done this year, it's always hard playing at the rack. Oh, yeah. No, ma- no matter who you are. I mean, I've seen. Top ranked. I mean, we've we've seen top ranked teams go in there and lose, no matter how good or bad Rutgers is. Top ranked Purdue lost in that half court buzzer beater to Ron Harper, Jr. and Rutgers. Yeah, I will never forget that. That was insane. That's that's probably the most recent one that comes to my memory. But I also remember in uh, I want to say 2014 or 2015 uh, that Wisconsin, they were like number three or something like that, went into Rutgers and lost. So I mean, it can easily happen. Yeah, and Illinois is. Not quite at that level that number one Purdue was. No. So no. you go in, and plus, I mean, Rutgers also, they did lose to Princeton to start the year. Yeah, they haven't been necessarily But like, they've won their great. last four. They have. So they aren't a complete disaster. They play one more time before they play Illinois. They play against St. Peter's. But, you know, it's regardless. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, if it, if it was Purdue, they'd be, they'd, they'd be in some muddy water right now. St. Peter's, that is. If, if St. Peter's was playing Purdue. Well, Purdue would be in some muddy water, but it's Rutgers, so I don't know. A little New Jersey clash. Right. Of, of course, you know, it was FDU that Purdue lost to last year. But. And St. Peter's the year before that? Well, that was Kentucky. And then, oh, yeah, that's right, Purdue. And then it happened. I was thinking about the first round. That's right. Yep. Purdue in their March trouble. No, we'll everyone. Okay. It's been, a, it's been a long day. Has it? Yes. Thank you, Sean Mendes. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, we need to end this podcast. It's <laughs> gone yeah. down a direction yeah. I did not intend. Yeah. All right, well, you've got your fix of Illinois basketball and football from us. We won't talk about football ever again. We're done. No more football ever again. Just kidding. We'll definitely be talking about it towards the spring. Um, but, yeah, this podcast is specifically shifting to basketball. Uh, quick shout-out to women's basketball. Uh, took down Kenesha's today. I was on color with Alec Gilmore. Fun call. Won by 32 um, ninety to fifty-eight, and uh, something the men and women's team have had in common. Yes, yeah, and, thirty-two uh, point wins. Yeah, and uh, very excited to see what they can do the rest of the season. They got a big test coming up, and only a couple of games against Michigan, um, or three games rather. They play Central Connecticut State, then Northern Kentucky, then Michigan. I'll be back on the call for that one. So that should be a pretty pivotal Big Ten matchup early on in the season. Um, so yeah, but uh, 
And before we go, um, Illinois volleyball season's over. I was about to say. Yeah. It is effectively over. Yeah. They got swept in their last two um, matches. Yeah. Both as we're recording this, Minnesota and Northwestern. Show, yeah. Swept by both Minnesota and Northwestern. But like I was saying, as we're recording this, the selection show for volleyball is on in five minutes. <laughs> so we will we will find out more than likely that Illinois, volley, Illinois volleyball season is over oh, very we, soon. We have certainly already found out on our own. But, yes, yeah. it will be official yeah. in a few minutes. They... You know, had it had they a did. chance. They had a chance if they could have just won those last few matches, but they got swept in both. Yeah, they won. Nine. I was kind of surprised about. I was shocked, especially Northwestern. I was shocked about that one. I, I mean, you win nine of eleven matches before Minnesota. You win a set in Nebraska, so let's keep that in mind. But then you get swept by Minnesota and Northwestern. I mean, what a horrible way to end a season that got revived. Yeah, it's a um, shame missing the tournament uh, in two straight years for the first time in seventeen seasons. Yeah, um, first time since uh, it's been, it's been a long time. Yeah, and um, now I would say that Chris Thomas should be on the hot seat. I'm not sure if Whitman has him there, but he he should be because yeah, this I used agree. to be a pretty prestigious program. Mm-hmm. So look, Chris Thomas is a, gr- is a really nice guy. I've talked to him a handful of times in pre production meetings, but yeah, I. I I'm not too sure that, to the standards of Illinois volleyball, that this is acceptable. Yeah, Ray and Terry is coming back for one more year, but you know is they she, have every they, re- they need to yeah. to go into the portal. I think you're I think you're willing to give Chris Thomas one more year with with this exact same team. The only person you well, I guess you're losing Nunji and Collins, but those are the only two people you're losing. You got the whole you got the yeah. whole rest of the and Vanessa Pan, but you got the whole rest of the team coming back. Yeah, well, and you you need I mean if you want to be competitive, you're just going to have to find people in the portal for sure. But you know we'll we'll see if they can actually do that and make a run next year. Otherwise, it might be trouble for Thomas. Yeah, I fully with you. But for now, that's it. Uh, we'll uh, we'll preview Rutgers later on the week. Maybe we'll see. But if we do see you then, we'll see you then. I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe no. He doesn't know. Regardless, gutter ball. Goodbye, Illinois football.